I have no idea how you found this show, but I'm glad that you did. Hey, I'm John Hicks. Join me and my band of crazies today on the Retirement Solution Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. You're listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast. I'm Jennifer Perry here with John Hicks. If you have a question for us, there are a couple of easy ways to reach out. Just go online to retirementsolutionradio.com or hit us up on Facebook with your questions for John. Do a search there for the Retirement Solution with John Hicks. I'll be honest with you. I am so over political discussions oh right gosh. now and some of the headlines What isn't political? Hearing. Is there anything oh. that you know that isn't political? No. No. If someone is or is not wearing a mask, I've now been told it's political. Mm -hmm. If they have a mask on, they are saying a political commentary by having it on. So people that don't, they're making a political commentary by not wearing one. See, everything is politicized. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the grocery the other day and I had some Captain Crunch, (laughs) which my six-year-old affectionately calls Crapton Crunch. (laughs) And because I had Captain Crunch in my head, I saw this person look over like, "Mm mm-hmm, because I didn't have Fruity Pebbles. I'm like, oh, now we've politicized (laughs) freaking kids' cereal. Did they get the same amount of crap? sugar in them lady the same amount of high fructose corn syrup don't judge don't don't judge my fruity pebbles don't you don't you judge my craft and crunch no i I agree everything is so politicized we just need to take a big deep breath and maybe a chill pill and just works right now maybe more bourbon i don't know what the answer is but we need to get there because it's hard though not to get sucked into the politics especially when you see what's happening in washington right now you know the u.s we've already had to spend trillions during the pandemic and some of that was certainly justified john i mean a lot of people especially early on lost their jobs, needed some help, a hand up. But Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is now trying to make the case for spending trillions more. Things like that infrastructure bill they passed this week and for things like the next budget, too. So my largest concern is not what are the risks if we make these big investments. It is what is the cost if we don't. For once, I understood everything Janet Yellen said. She's not caring so much about the inflation we're seeing in our real lives right now or the tax bills for us later. So it sounds like it's on us to figure out those risks. So it's interesting. So I agree with your point. That's one of the few times that Janet Yellen has spoken and you can understand every syllable, which is great. The only problem here is that I think that those syllables were in poor context. Mm -hmm. So she is no longer the Fed chief. And I think a lot of people, we kind of, even me, I do this from time to time. I keep uh, misconstruing her current job duty. Yeah. Her job is to push the agenda of the current administration. She is no longer a Fed chief. So what she's basically saying is, I'm not worried about spending more money that other people are going to have to pay for. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really want the people that vote for my guy to be happy because they're going to get free more money is what I'm kind of hearing. And I get to keep my job. Awesome. And I, yeah, and, and by the way, I, you get me for eight years, baby. Her job is to push the agenda. Push the agenda to Janet. Uh, when they put 17 masks on and push the agenda. <laughs> Pay no attention to what Hunter is doing with his paintings in China <laughs> and push the agenda, Janet. Yeah. So so she's out there saying, hey, I'm, I'm more worried if we don't print all this money more worried about what could happen. See, I'm not, guys. The last time that I checked, printing yourself out of problems lasts only until the printing presses quit working yeah, and or inflation gets to the point where it's very problematic. I am having a tough time. I really am. I'm having a tough time with this because I can't see where the economy is struggling and needs a lot more spending. Maybe it's just me. But I know that every single time I pass any place of business that's open, they're all hiring. Every single 
one of them. So tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, what is so dire out there that we need to keep printing trillions of dollars? Because here's the point, if you don't make a ton of money, if you don't, if you have not saved, like most of our listeners have done, if you have not done a good job, I get it. Why not take some more government money? Hmm. Stay on the government dole. That's perfectly fine. Except that's what they want. Yeah. The greatest threat to capitalism is being required to live off the government dole. Because these politicians have to give us a reason to keep them around. Well, if they keep printing money and giving people handouts all the time, guess what? They always will be in a place of power and control. And that's not who we want to be in control, guys. We want that liberty. We want that freedom. We want to be in control. And the only way that we can do that is if we don't keep taking handouts. Now, do I think that we do need some better infrastructure in this country? Absolutely, I do. But I could not tell you what's actually in this infrastructure bill that I find worthwhile. I couldn't tell you one thing. I know that 19 Republicans voted for it. That doesn't mean anything to me. I know Rand Paul did not vote for it. And I think Rand, at least right now, has a lot of really smart ideas going on about how to not strip us of our liberties and freedoms. Right. But the thing about Janet that kind of makes me uncomfortable is the fact that I don't know where she thinks the money's going to come from later. I know where I know it's going to come from. I don't know where she thinks it comes from. Mm -hmm. Because what they're going to do, Jennifer, they're going to start taxing more and more and more and more and more and more. And so there is no incentive to keep working harder because the government's just going to take more away from us. Yeah, It was going to be no different than when Ronald Reagan was an actor. He only made two movies a year because if he made any more money, the government was going to take 90 cents of every dollar away. He'd be left with 10 cents. Mm -hmm. But then the state government got their share. So he would have only had like three or four cents to the dollar that he made. So that's why he didn't work hard. And he said, I don't think it's right to be disincentivized to try to work harder. There's nothing that the government can fix we can't do on our own. And we would be much more efficient and have much more freedom in doing it ourselves. I agree with that. I think Janet's got it wrong. But she's got to sell the government's agenda, the administration's agenda. She's got to do it, Jennifer. And, you know, I get that she's doing her job. At the same time, we're out here doing our jobs. And one of the frustrations I shared with you uh, right after filing my taxes this year, John, I think I worked harder than ever last year. I mean, we are always working on the weekends. You know, we're doing all this stuff. And I thought, you know what? I paid a bigger tax bill and I got none of the benefits of the past year. And it really does start to mentally kind of sink in. Why am I working so hard? I mean, sometimes I actually have that thought run through my head. Why am I working so hard and not seeing the benefits? So, you know, here in the next few months, I think we have a real key opportunity, though, to at least address this risk ourselves. You've been talking for several years here on the show about that GOP tax blessing. And I'm guessing we might be in the final phases of this. If you don't start doing something this year, though, I'm I'm a little worried about what's coming down the line tax-wise for us. Well, I'm I'm very nervous. Uh, When you think about it, the government can't print all this money and at some point in time not try to earn it to pay it back, right? Mm -hmm. We're at historically low interest rates. So right now, the government doesn't have to pay a tremendous amount of interest on all of this borrowed money. By the way, the government doesn't just print us. It's borrowed. It's borrowed money. <laughs> Guess who they borrowed it from? Us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they borrowed it from us. They borrowed it from us. But, but did they pay us interest? Nope. No, not really. What they're doing is they're going to just tax the snot out of us later. So think about this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there, just think, what if this is the lowest tax period you will be in for the rest of your life? Does that make you feel ecstatic or does it make you feel miserable? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
to me, I, I, I'm aware that this is probably the lowest tax environment I will ever be in, but it makes me feel miserable because that means that the future probably only holds higher taxes. Yeah. And higher taxes, the better that we try to do for ourselves and our family, the more that we try to save so that we can do the things that we want to do. We don't need the government handouts. We don't need other people to do it for us. We believe that we can do it on our own. But will that taxation inhibit us from being able to hit those goals? So there are a few ways that we can still, at least at the moment, we can still shuffle dollars to get the best tax situation we could ever get for the rest of our lives. If we do it correctly and we do it now, the clock is ticking, guys. Yeah. I've been saying this for years now. As soon as we were able to read the bill and understand how it was going to be executed by the government, as soon as we understood that, we were telling everyone, you need to understand if you have all or so much of your money in tax-deferred vehicles, you really want to look at the math on seeing if it makes sense to get it into tax-free accounts. Those of you that have done it have seen the math. You've seen the light, Carol Ann, and it is a good thing. It may be the best thing that you can do, not only for yourselves in retirement, but for the generations that come after you if you've done a great job saving. So it's not only just a pay less tax, hopefully, over the course of your life. It could be the best legacy or estate plan you will ever create by following this advice. If you haven't done it, please just do the math. I know it's a four-letter word. <laughs> math is a four-letter word. But if you do it correctly, it might be the greatest thing you could do. Please take advantage of it if you can, but you got to know your numbers first. Radio host, financial advisor, and now author. That's right. Check out John's book, The Retirement Solution, on Amazon.com. Or get a free chapter now at RetirementSolutionRadio.com. We were talking before the break there about, you know, taking advantage of this GOP tax blessing while you can. But I know, John, when we're talking about Roth conversions, a lot mm -hmm. of times we get questions from our listeners on, okay, how do you do that? And sure. how do you strategically do that so you, you're not paying too much in taxes? But that idea of writing that check to the IRS right now versus later, it yeah. does sting a bit for people. So IRA sure. expert Ed Slot tells Morningstar's podcast that it might still pay to bite that bullet. Because you paid the tax now at low rates. Now, some people say, but you're still paying money up front that you could have had invested. I call that the opportunity or the time, the opportunity cost argument or the time value of money. A lot of accountants ask me about this. Uh, and financial advisors and consumers, they say, if I'm spending all this money on an, uh, to pay the tax on a Roth conversion, I could have invested that money. Isn't that lost? Isn't that a lost opportunity? And the mathematical answer is no. Not if the rates are the same and you use the same assumptions for investing earnings. You end up in exactly the same place. And I know we have mm. a lot of analytical listeners who might have that same kind of question. Shouldn't sure. I just invest it, especially with the market doing what it's been doing the last several years? Wouldn't I be better off mathematically in the end doing that rather than a Roth conversion? You know, Jennifer, I think it's a good point. I think a lot of people have tried to do the math and they, they see it one way. Whether they say, well, John, I don't want to pay taxes now. Why do I want to give this government more money than they're even asking for right <laughs> yeah. now? Hey, it is tough. It is tough. It's always tough to take the bad tasting medicine. But here's the point. We do know for a fact and within three or four years from now, we will have a higher tax rate. Now, well, how do we know that? Well, because the GOP tax blessing will expire. So at a minimum, the 22% tax rate goes to 25, the 25 goes to 28, the 32 becomes more into play, and the higher marginal tax bracket comes back. 
So when you look at that, we know for a fact if we pay taxes now, we will be doing better in the long run if and only if we assume one thing. We're going to last long enough to see it happen. So here's what I always ask my clients and the people that are talking to me. What I always ask is, hey, you know, you've saved hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. What is the likelihood that you're really going to need every single one of these dollars? And you'd be surprised. The majority of people say, well, John, you know, realistically, I, I don't know how much of this we really might even have to have. Yeah. I'm like, that is a great point then to do proper estate planning. So if you think about it, Jennifer, what would you rather have happen? Let's say you have a million dollar portfolio, mm -hmm. whatever the number is, and let's assume that you really don't need a ton of that money. I mean, yes, you want to have access to it. Yes, you might use it to redo a screen porch or to, you know, to relocate if you have to have health care needs in the future, but you really may not need it. Would you rather know that you could only pay 12% taxes on that nest egg over time and potentially never pay taxes again on that money? Or when you pass away, your kids inherit that money or your grandkids and they pay 40 or 50% taxes oh, on that money. No, 12%. Which, which, there you go. There you go. It's easy. I do, we do this all the time. And, and I break it down mathematically, but that, that's a very simple understanding. A lot of people don't realize how the tax brackets work in the country. Yeah. We have a progressive tax system. So when you look at that, yes, you can go to a certain point in time and still only pay 12% tax rate. Now, who would want to take their money and say, hey, I know i got to pay taxes, kids. i got a million bucks. I'm going to end up giving you $880,000 or part two. Eh, I'm going to let her ride, and then we're going to see how it works in the end, and then you'll probably end up with about 600000 bucks. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, and we don't know that. The government's still kind of broke. The current administration wants to give everyone and a monkey's uncle uh, hands full of cash for seemingly no, no reason at all. But hey, you know, whatever. So I think realistically, if tax rates go up, that conversation is going to get a lot easier to have, right? Mm -hmm. So if we utilize what we call bracket management, where we're going to manage our current tax bracket the best we can, in that example, someone might actually give their kids $280,000 more. Oh, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you got my the, attention there. <laughs> instant inheritance, right? Yeah. Which means you could effectively blow all of the rest of the money and still have $280,000 left over from them wow. at the end. That It doesn't matter even if you do need to use the money, even if you do need access. The way that I always look at this is if you satisfy your tax bill now, there are fewer surprises that the government can do to us later. And typically, Donna, I mean, if you're able to leave something to your kids, to your grandkids, they're at an age where they're in their highest earning years potentially ever, right? Oh, sure. I mean, if you think about it, and I, I deal with this every single week, I talk to folks, and they're like, you know, John, I paid everything off, everything's good, you know, I'm in a very low tax bracket. And I say, great, you know, you, but you saved all this money, how are your kids? So like, they make 10 times more money than I ever did, they're, <laughs> they're killing it, and they yeah. get two working members of their family, so they got crazy money, and, and they're in the high tax bracket. What we realize is, is that their kids may end up giving half of the money to the government because they're in a higher tax bracket. Yeah. What would make more sense for the current person to just go ahead and pay that 12 or 22 percent tax bill and knock it off so their kids get to keep potentially 50 percent more money in the end? It happens all the time. The amazing uh, byproduct, Jennifer, of successful parents is they typically have successful kids. Yeah. <laughs> and the amazing thing about that is, is that we want to exploit that the best we can. That's by understanding bracket management. We want to make sure that the last single dollar that the government gets is what we will allow them to get. We don't want them to take. And guys, listen, the one thing I'm very well aware of, 
things change. Times change. Governments change. Politicians change. Politics changes. But the way that we invest our money doesn't have to. The way that we satisfy our tax bill to give them more to the next generations, often this is tried and true generationally. We've seen this happen, whether it be from the Waltons or whether it be from the Rockefellers or the Vanderbilts, Kennedys. The way they do it is by paying the least amount of taxes they can as they transfer the wealth. The wealth yeah. transfer is the most impressive part about how those dynasty-type families do it in this country. Here's the thing, Jennifer, we can do it too, and we don't have to have some you know, $5,000 an hour uh, tax attorney to do it for us. That's good we can news. do it by making proper planning decisions, understanding the math, and finding out if we should do it or consider it. And here's the thing. If we know that we've done the math and we choose not to do it, guess what? That is our liberty and our right to make sure. that choice. But now we never have to listen to John blather about it again because <laughs> <laughs> we know that we, we did what we're going to do and that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> Like what you hear? Be sure to hit the subscribe button. And thanks for listening to The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Jay Hagen Capital is a registered investment advisor. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. Jay Hagen Capital Incorporated is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance products and annuities offered through John Hicks. Kentucky Insurance License Number 99882. 